Okay, I didn't get a chance to talk about this. But earlier, I went to the store and um, something told me not to spend this money. It was like I was being informed that um, if I would just not take the money, if I would just not spend the money and just walk away from it all and um I would just avoid so much trouble like they were planning to torture me because of the money that they sent me but um it was just so frustrating it was just so frustrating because If I don't take the money, if I do take the money, they torture me still. They don't leave me alone. Like, ever. So. That's not an excuse to take the money. You know, but. I feel I was forced in this predicament. And knowing what I know. In a way, forced into this predicament, I could have done something about it to change the circumstances of the situation. But knowing what I know, I know that the Lord has given me the power to make a difference and to do something about the situation. I may not necessarily be utilizing that correctly, but um, the fact of the matter is that um. He's given me the power to do something about this. But lately, I've become so exhausted. I've become so exhausted with the situation. It's um, repetitive. It's extremely repetitive, and it is frustrating as if no progress is being made. And I think earlier today, as as I went to the store, all the warnings, like, I don't know what to do or to say, but I was sworn, but, um, all I know is, um, no one could possibly understand why I make the decisions that I make. And I'm tired of repeating that as well, but no one could possibly understand why I make the decisions that I make in this situation concerning my, concerning my life, because nobody, nobody can possibly understand all that I've gone through. You know, concerning these situations. But, um, I think, like, on my way to the store, on my way back, it felt as if the Lord was showing me and warning me about the state of the world right now. And I just got a little glimpse of what it's like to be in a pool of people that are not heeding God's call, possibly not hearing from him, or possibly not even considering what the Lord is doing in these last days. And it made me feel as if, like, this world is really, you know, going to hell. The Bible says, do not say that someone is going to hell. To to tell someone they are a fool or to tell someone they are going to hell is to be in danger of hellfire. But, um... Not that I'm just going to do everything I see someone else doing, but I've I've witnessed other individuals speak of this, and I feel that that was just confirmation on what the Lord has shown me, that, you know, it's just a way to do it, you know. 
you just you be careful and you remember what the Lord has shown you, what He's told you growing up. But you have, there's there are situ like you can you can do something and not necessarily be out of God's will, outside of God's will. But something I feel that I've learned is a big deception these last days. A lot of things that people are doing that are just wrong, they're just not right. And um, it reminds me a lot, like the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, they studied the Bible. They knew it front to back. They called themselves Moses' disciples. Yet still, they were synagogues of Satan. And they condemned the Son of God, not even recognizing him as, as such, regardless of all the prophecies in the Bible that spoke of Jesus. They still couldn't recognize the prophecy being fulfilled in real life right in front of their faces. And the Bible said that when you pray long prayers on a corner for all to see, that is your reward. You need to go in your private place in your closet and pray in private so the Lord can reward you publicly. But um, that's what I see. feel like I see a lot right now, and I don't want to be a part of that. The Lord has shown me so many different things growing up. And yes, you know, I have realized and recognized things on such a different level. I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been. I'm recognizing things I've never recognized my whole life. You know, um, I'm accepting, I'm finally accepting Jesus Christ into my heart, something I've never done my entire life out of all the Sunday schools and church visits and Bible reading and all this other stuff. All this stuff, I've never... These chains have never broken off my heart. They're finally breaking off my heart because I'm finally accepting Jesus Christ into my heart. I've never done that. I've never taken it truly into account, you know, how realistic. You know, I've never seen it as realistic as I've seen it now. The whole time everyone was telling me Jesus, Jesus Christ died on a cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. He was nailed through his hands and his feet, was crucified on a cross. For the forgiveness of all of our sins, innocent and sinless, sent son of God, born of a virgin. And when I would hear these things, you know, I would accept these things in a way where I'm saying, okay, I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. They would say, do you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Yes, I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior and different things like that. But um, I didn't know if I ever truly believed that anybody could be born of a virgin. You know, it's not that I wanted to truly believe that Mary was lying or that she made it up. It's not that I truly wanted to question her character. It's just that I didn't know if I truly believed those things were possible. And then Jesus Christ, you know, dying on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. I just didn't truly accept that into my heart as real as I accept you know, if somebody close to me is shot or killed, which I don't know if I ever truly was affected or impacted by any of those things as well. So it's not an excuse, but it's just that, you know, my heart was extremely hardened and Jesus had to break the chains off of it. My heart was chained. And so I knew that for years. I knew that because deaths would happen and different things would happen. And I just wouldn't be affected or impacted any way. Like, I would hear somebody's gone, rest in peace, they're dead forever, you know, and people would mourn and they would cry and they would feel so bad and they would just grieve. And I just would be sitting there with no emotion. I didn't cry. I hadn't cried since I was a child. Literally, I hadn't cried for so long. I just did not cry. 
And um, I knew something was wrong with me when I was like, before the age of understanding, but starting to understand, the Lord came to me one day. I would just be watching different things on TV. Women would be crying, walking down the aisle. Men would be crying, watching their wife walk down the aisle to them. They'd be crying happy tears for each other. And I would be like, they are faking. Every single time I saw it in the commercials, in the advertisements, on the windows of bridal shops, everything. I always think they were lying. They were all faking it. Like, they are so full of it. I'm like, you just made yourself cry just to be, you know... I don't know, just to make this like such a mirror, to make people feel like this is such a memorable moment. And I used to always think to myself, like, nobody ever cries happy tears. Why would anybody ever cry happy tears? Like, nobody ever gets happy enough to cry. That's ridiculous. You know, I hardly cry even when I'm sad or mad or upset. You know, but sometimes I get really mad and cry. But I rarely even did that. But, um,. I never believed in it. I never believed in that stuff. And um, one day the Lord came to me. I was watching this show. This woman was walking down the aisle. And she was crying happy tears. She was crying so hard. Like she could faint. Like she could barely even walk. And I was like, that is so fake. Like what would be her point of putting on such a big show like that? Does she feel that that is necessary for people to see her doing that? And it just doesn't seem like she's making it up. Because this is her big day. This is her day. She's gorgeous. Why would she want to be messing up her her makeup, her really expensive makeup, and barely able to walk down the aisle, her very beautiful dress? But that just seems like so. it's so fake, like she's just making it up. But I knew that she wasn't. Like, I just knew she wasn't making that up. Like, nobody's about to put on that big of a show to ruin her walk down the aisle, her memorable moment. Like, she just really can't contain herself. But I just thought it was so fake, and I didn't believe in it. And the Lord said, so you you really don't believe anyone can cry happy tears? And I was like, no. I was like, I really think that that is so fake. I think that people do that. If not for attention, I don't know what they're doing that for. I really don't. But I just don't believe in happy tears. I don't believe, I don't believe in crying happy tears. And so the Lord said to me, You'll see. You'll see. He said, trust me, you'll see. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm never going to cry happy tears for nothing. I don't think it's nothing in this world that can make me so happy I could ever cry happy tears like that. Ever. I don't think I'm ever going to cry. I'm walking down the aisle. And maybe, you know, with the way that the Lord was responding, he was like, that's sad, though. That's really sad that you don't, you don't, you don't have the capacity to cry happy tears. You don't have the capacity to cry at all. You don't understand that something's wrong with that. That's sad. And I was saying, you know, but God, I don't, see, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't know what's wrong. Like, I don't think anything is wrong. I was just really battling some things I, I had no idea about. And that's why I truly believe at this point in my life that ignorance is the worst form of consequence. When you are never able to understand what is wrong or you are never able to understand something or truly come to a better understanding in life that is the worst consequence the consequence is not knowing that you are wrong or knowing what's wrong going on with you or knowing something bad has happened but to never have known to never have truly understood i 
for so long, people would say, you can't miss what you never had. And um, I'd always take that to the Lord. Lord, is that true? Is that true? People always say that. Is, this, is there truth to that? What does that mean? You can't miss what you never had. The Lord said, I don't agree with that. He said, I don't agree with that. That is not true. You can't miss what you've never had. You can absolutely miss what you've never had. There's people every day missing what they've never had. We have gaping souls in our hearts. We are unfulfilled, and only God can fulfill that. And whether you know you're missing it or not, you're still missing it. You're still missing it. And I understood that when the Lord gave me peace. When the Lord gave me peace, he had given me something I never knew that I needed. I never knew that I was, I had a born right to. That was my born right to have peace in life. I never knew that. When he had given me that, I never understood how much peace I didn't have until he had given me that. You can miss what you've never had. I thought that I wasn't missing it. I was in my ignorance. But after I experienced that, I realized how much of a difference it made on my life and how how many areas in my life that it truly impacted and affected. You do miss what you've never had every single day. And the, the sad part about it is that, you know, you start to realize the wisdom when people say, I'm telling you this because I love you. I know it sounds like I'm being hard on you. I know it sounds like I am showing tough love. I know you don't want to hear these things, but I am telling you this because I love you. And you may encounter people every single day that are experiencing things that they never had and that you don't have. And they may not tell you anything. And that may have a lot to do with them feeling as if you cannot receive it well or understand until it's your time to understand, if it's ever your time to understand. But the fact of the matter is that that is very sad. That's very sad. But every single day, you are walking around in a world of people who are experiencing things that you have absolutely no idea about, that you are completely ignorant to, that you are missing, that will make up the pieces of who you are, that will truly complete you and make you a whole human being and help you to progress in your life, something that you never knew that you needed, but you are convinced that you don't need that or you're not missing out on that or that is not something that is important to you. We are, a lot of us are living in our ignorance. Yes, you can miss what you never had. And yes, it does show to people who have it. And that is so sad. And you may somehow find yourself embarrassed once you realize or have received something that you've never had. Once you start to notice the, the signs and other people who have it, you start to recognize how many times, you know, how much people were in the same environment as you and possibly may have noticed that you are missing something like that. And the saddest part about that to me is that, you know, you would say the saddest part, nobody told me. It's not to tell. It's something that you have to get. A, it's something that you have to grow and learn. And Like you have to grow into. You have to learn it. You have to cure your ignorance. I don't know if anyone can ever tell you it. Because even in certain circumstances with different things that I received from God, so many people had told me so many times over the years about these things, but I couldn't hear it. It fell on a hard heart. It fell on deaf ears. Even God told me so many times. So it's, I don't know if it's necessarily something that can be told. It's just something you have to grow into learning. And if you never get the opportunity to do that in your life, you are missing out on so much. And I think that's possibly 
the worst sentence or the worst judgment that anyone can receive to never have experienced these things in their lives. And people on their deathbeds every day, they are worried about everything that they've missed out on and everything they've never been able to have and everything they've never been able to do. But what about the things they are not even aware of that they've missed out on? They're talking about the things that they know they've missed out on. That's a blessing to even know that you missed out on something. There are things that you have no idea. There's so much knowledge in this world. Nobody knows everything. God knows everything. And you've missed out on so many different things that could have benefited you or something that could have fulfilled you in many different ways. And, you know, to me, I genuinely believe only God could provide that because, you know, it's not just because. I mean, I'm sure I could go off into this world and I can reach all different levels and all different places and all different corners of this world. And I can learn so much and I can become fulfilled in so many different ways. But God knowing me better than me. He gives me exactly what I need for who I want to be. And he challenges me in a way that no one can ever challenge me. And he's so powerful. He's showing his power in such an, an miraculous and immaculate way. Something that no one could ever compare to. Something that no one could ever, you know, top. No one could ever be. And that's why he can't be beat. There's so many ways why he can't be beat. And I still am lacking that understanding. But the Bible says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And I believe that that is one of the curses of Israel. Because we have stony hearts. We have stony hearts. Our hearts are so hardened that we believe, I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm not missing out on anything. I'm doing great. I am... And I'm fine. I'm good. You know, and the, the little things that we won't admit, we think that, OK. OK, I, I, I'm missing this. First of all, we have things we will admit. We'll admit we're missing it. I'm missing this. I'm, in, I'm missing it. OK, I'll admit it. Then there's the things that we won't admit. And we think that that's it. That's not it. It's a whole world of things. It's so much. It's so much. And then there's things that. Even if handed to us, even if given to us, we won't even allow ourselves to experience or know or be cured of ignorance concerning. It's so many levels to this, and we it seems that we are so far behind. It only We can only expect a miracle from God in order to catch us up or truly complete us or help us in a way that is necessary and needed. Meanwhile, we're wasting topics, excuse me, we're wasting time on topics of division which is why I'm not necessarily against homosexuality because all sin is equal. I know that homosexuality is a sin, but all sin is equal. So if you steal, if you lie, if you cheat, if you covet, if you, you know, worship false gods, if you don't obey your mother and father, if you break any of the commandments, you're just as wrong. You know, you have to love everybody and accept everybody. I hate sin I don't hate my people I don't hate people that's the point that's who God is he loves people he loves you he hates sin he despises sin not you so on so many different levels it's like there's so many different topics we're wasting our time on whether that be whose sin is worse than whose and that's judgment judging people or you know um race you know, black, white, you know, this, whatever, this, that, who is this, who's that color we're wasting time on color. We're wasting time on appearance. We're wasting time on social status, money, you know, 
different things. We're wasting all this time on these topics that are creating and sowing division and discord. And in reality, it's just another form of ignorance. We have no idea what we truly could be progressing into. But we'll listen when people say things like, oh, the aliens, the aliens in different on different planets. These aliens, they, um, these aliens, they are, um, they are so technologically advanced. They are able to transport. They have transportation devices. They are able to fly. They have, you know, rockets and cars and and UFOs, unidentified flying objects that can jump through light years and different things like that. They are extremely advanced. They come to our planet and we are so far beyond. We are, you know, marveling over the newest iPhone or the newest cell phone that comes with the latest features when they are there in flying cars, etc. You know, we're supposed to have flying cars, different things like that. And we marvel and we believe that these things exist or are possible when we see different things concerning that, but we can't accept it or believe it enough when God has exposed to us all that he could be doing through us and the progress that we could be making with him. So that is difficult to me, you know, but it is, of course, a battle and a war on souls. You know, Satan seeks to drag as many people down to the bottom of this pit with him, the the pit of fire and sulfur, as he possibly can. And so, obviously, it's not like we just have freedom to, you know, be, be making progress. And maybe if that were the case, we would have made much more progress. But I can't even confidently say that. Like, even if Satan weren't here to destroy, even if Satan weren't here to dis- to sow discord, even if Satan weren't here to sow calamity, even if he weren't here to tempt us into being destructive, would we still, would we even be making this progress even then? Because it is a matter of willingness to be obedient to the Lord so that we can make this progress. That is something that we are battling with, with or without Satan's temptations. But who can really say that is so? Because since the beginning of time, there were his temptations were. And if Satan had never turned into that serpent and tempted Eve, would, of course, we actually be in the place that we were? Would we have obeyed God? Would we have never touched that apple? Did we ever need Satan to tempt us in the first place? Because we have to take responsibility for curiosity to disobey God. When the Lord says, don't do something, we shouldn't be thinking in our head, well, what would happen if I did do it? When the Lord says, do something, we shouldn't be thinking in our mind, but what would happen if I didn't do it? There's always that curiosity to disobey God because of the free will he has given us. But I am so grateful for free will because it's a lot of things. And in and something that I love so much about it is that it's confirmation that when you choose to be holy and fully devoted to the Lord, there's always a choice not to be. And so you are being intentional with your actions. You are choosing him on your own. You are you are in love with the Lord without any coercion or any one forcing you to be that. And throughout my life, as many times as I was 
told to or, or or asked to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I never truly accepted him into my heart because it took that free will and choice when I was truly capable of it, you know, and able to see with a clear heart and mind that the Lord had given me the sight to see, to actually choose him, and that's what I did. And after doing so, you know, my ignorance was cured in so many different ways. My sight was made clear. And so here I am. Here I am. I'm 25 years old. And I've received my purpose and my destiny in life. Something that people die at the age of 100 and something never having received. And it confuses me because... The Lord says Satan can never keep you from your destiny. No one can ever stop your destiny. But people are dying without ever having received or accomplished their destinies every day. So it is conflicting and it's hard and it's difficult. And so I'm very grateful. And maybe it's the case being is that these people may have died never having received their purpose or their destiny so that you can truly appreciate receiving yours. But I'm sure there's so much more to that. But, um... That being said, you know, I'm extremely grateful. I'm extremely grateful. And I'm waking up. I'm waking up to, you know, all kinds of spiritual warfare and spiritual battles that do not confirm that I will have another day. And so do it now. And so give them your life now. And so be cured of ignorance now. And so be prepared now. Because nobody's tomorrow is, you know, nobody's tomorrow is sure or guaranteed. And so I know that a lot of times this falls on deaf ears and sometimes it's very difficult for someone to ever receive this sort of message, you know, where they are in, in life at, in, at some point in place where they are. Sometimes it can be very difficult for, for people to receive this message, but... I'm very grateful for what the Lord has done for me. I'm very grateful for what he's doing in my life. And um, I think it is a very scary thought to think that, you know, one day I still will have died without so much knowledge in this world, you know, and I have not been able to receive all of it. But no one's going to know everything but God. You just have to trust that everything that you are meant to know in life, everything that is meant for you to know in order to benefit you, on your journey to complete your purpose and your destiny here, you will have received. You just have to trust him for that. Be confident in that. Regardless of what you, you know, have realized, the more that you learn, the more that you find out how much is really out there to know, how much you really don't know. And I think that when I was younger, people would always say, you are very intelligent, you are very smart. But then I would think about the smartest people in the world and how I felt that, I'm, you know, I know and I'm, I'm, I'm most likely aware of the fact that I am, you know, I'm behind, I'm behind cons in, 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 in consideration of where I could be, you know, in consideration of the environment that did not support a lot of things that I could have been, I could have been doing, that I could have delved into and that I could have, you know, been afforded. And in reality, you know, I would want to hear from smart, very, very smart people. You know, what would somebody very smart say? And um, I remember reading multiple times that very smart people don't say, I'm smarter than you. 
what they say is that I have so much more to learn. No matter how smart they is. It feel like you, you tell people, very, very smart people, you say to them, wow, you know everything. And they'll say, I have so much more to learn. No matter how much that they know. And then there was a man called himself the smartest person. Well, magazines and, and different people, you know, news stations call him the smartest man in the world. He talked about the moon and stars and everybody said he know everything. What is his name? Steven something? I forget his name. He said, people all the time tell me you know everything. And I say, there's so much more to learn. No one could possibly know everything. It's way too much information in this world. But he does know a lot. That's what he says that he says. And that's what smart people say. But I don't believe anybody is dumb. It's just a matter of willingness to learn. So. All things considered, you know. um, I'm very grateful to God. I'm very grateful for all that he has done and is doing in my life. And I pray that he, you know, I I thank him for completing the work that he has started in my life. He is very worth it. And as much as I am walking away from and having to sacrifice in order for the future that the Lord is guiding me into, you know, feeling as if I would have missed out on so much, I know and I trust the Lord to give me everything that I'm meant to have or do. There's nothing in that area down that road that I would have missed. And I remember being reminded within the last few weeks. Um, Someone had said to me, they said, um, one day you're going to look back on this situation. You're going to look back on this time right now. And you're going to regret not taking this opportunity when you had it. You are going to wish that you had taken your opportunity to get back at whoever had done this. And revenge on whoever was doing this when you had the chance. And the Lord said, don't feed into that for one second because you won't. You won't regret it. You won't look back. You won't wish you you had taken an opportunity unless you leave that door open for Satan, unless unless you actually consider that to be true or you give him even a second longer to twist, pervert, or deceive or tempt you into believing that. So you won't. And so the other night when I spoke about that movie, Crazy as Hell, one of the biggest deceptions concerning that movie is that the individual that called themselves Satan showed up and said, humankind, they love to blame me for everything. As if without me, they still wouldn't have their own, you know, temptations and desires. It's really, you know, they are tempted and and, you know, coerce the sin with or without my temptation or deception, but I'm blamed for everything. And I believe that is extremely deceptive because that's such a basic, you know, um, that's such a basic version of things. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, yes, we, we do need to take accountability for our being disobedient in the first place and the devices in our hearts with or without Satan, you know, the desire to be like God with or without Satan. We do need to take responsibility for that and accountability for that. But the fact of the matter is, will we ever have known 
the will we ever have known that we would have been so corrupt or so wicked or so tempted away from God or so disobedient without Satan's temptation or deception? Will we ever know? It's too late to know now because he did it. Because he deceived us. Because he tempted us. So it's a deceiving. That movie was so deceiving to make you believe that Satan could ever feel depressed about what he did. He know what he did. He'd known what he'd done. He sat at the right hand of God, God's best friend. He was given multiple chances to turn away from what he was doing. The Lord brought him into his presence many times. And, you know, concerning these different things, asked him why was he doing these things and, and, and gave him the opportunity to admit wrong in these situations. And Satan continued to go behind God's back to turn the angels against him and to lie and to accuse and to you know, you know, proceed to try and steal or charge God's throne in hopes of one day sitting in a throne like God or being God or stealing his job. He told himself and convinced himself that he could be God. He, he was overcome by pride, vanity, and arrogance. Satan, he deceived himself. And so... It's very deceptive. It's very, very, very deceptive. It's very deceptive to say that, um, God, you know, excuse me, it's very deceptive to say that we would have done a lot of this stuff on our own with or without him or that we blame him too much for things. You have no idea how much he deceives you. You have no idea how much of a part that he plays. And if Satan were ever depressed about ever being blamed for a lot of the wrong in this world, why wouldn't he have given us an opportunity in the first place to see if, of course, we would have corrupted our own selves? The fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is, yes, the forbidden fruit was there. We hadn't touched it without Satan's temptation. And we wouldn't know whether we would have ever done that if he had never done what he did. But he did do it. And he knows what he's done. And he'll never feel bad for what he's done. I remember coming to the Lord at one of these points when it was really heavy on me. All of this was very heavy on me. I was being tempted in so many different directions. And I felt as if, you know, I felt as if, like, the Lord was pushing me into so much I remember going to the Lord and I was saying, or excuse me, pulling me into so much, not pushing me, pulling me into so much. But um, I remember going to the Lord and saying, Lord, why doesn't anybody ever feel bad for Satan? Why doesn't anybody ever feel bad for Lucifer? You know, couldn't he receive forgiveness if you truly forgive everyone? And God said, do not be deceived by Satan. Satan cannot receive forgiveness. And regardless of that, what you need to understand is that Satan has been given many, 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 many opportunities. To the point where he has convinced the Lord there is no opportunity for revision in him. He has convinced God that. God who has dealt with us. You know, and been slow to anger and very patient with humankind for many, many years. As wicked as we are, as wicked as, you know, we become as 
that's as bad as it can get. And it's and I've seen it get very bad, and I'm sure I haven't seen a half of it. I know that I haven't. The Lord said to me, I've only given you a little bit of what I see all the time. And still it is so heavy for you, way too much for you to bear so much how I feel. That's Jesus who feels ten times everything that we feel. And so as patient as God has been with us, coming very, very close to taking us all out because of our behavior and the way that we carry our lives out. He, even Satan has convinced even God that there is no opportunity for revision in himself. And that's just what it is. And the Bible says that he is a spirit. He has no opportunity for forgiveness or repentance anymore. He's a spirit. You are human. You have an opportunity, so don't let Satan take yours. And even just now when I say that, I hear people seduced, seduced by Satan, saying, that's how I want to be. Oh, I want that. I want to be the one to convince God there's no opportunity for revision in myself. You don't understand what you are saying. And, you know, I can never imagine what it's like to be God because he's not a man that he thinks like a man. I think like a man. You know, I think like a human. He's not a human that he thinks like a human. You know, his ways are not our ways. He's God. So I couldn't imagine what he's sitting, saying, or or what he's thinking concerning these things. But I can just imagine how foolish we tend to be. How foolish we tend to be concerning a lot of these things. But all that being said, you know, I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm just going to trust him. Because it does break my heart. It truly does break my heart. And um, that's I, I woke up with a lot of things on my heart. A few things on my heart. But um, I still know that the Lord is working in such a miraculous way. And, that, and though this is very difficult, because the Lord truly knows how to challenge you in the way that it's necessary... Though this is very difficult, you know, um, still, I trust God for it. I truly do. He's already granted victory concerning my life. And even with what he's granted, I know that there's just so much more, so much more in this world. But I trust that he, he will make sure and see to it that I become everything I'm destined to be. And um, so I'm thanking him for that in advance. And I want to, I'm wanting to be grateful for all that he's granted for me in my life because it could have went differently. It could have gone differently. And regardless of the naysayers, people who don't understand what it's like to be in my position or the people who judge me concerning my actions, even when I can be doing better and I can stand and take some advice from others. And the Lord does use work and speak to people concerning you in order to motivate you in the right direction, despite... I know that this journey is my own, and God has shown me so many different things that a lot of people do not understand, will not understand, and cannot tell me what to do or how to do it. They cannot judge me concerning my actions, and I'm sure it's going to be difficult, and they're going to want to, they're going to want me to take that back, but it doesn't matter if I take it back. It's still true. It's still true, so, you know, I say this with a heavy heart. I truly do, but never as heavy as Jesus' heart. So I'm going to do everything that I can to be more like him. Less, you know, 
less of a complainer, more grateful for everything I have, everything I've been afforded, regardless of my situation and how horrible it truly can get and be. Because I've seen things go from bad to worse to more worse. And with it seeming no opportunity or no possibility of progress being made, but I trust God for it. I would not let Satan convince me that that is the case because the Lord wouldn't have sent me here on assignment and given me the assignment that he had given me if, of course, he didn't believe that it was possible to have completed this. And he's already granted victory concerning. He's already granted victory over this situation. He's granted victory for millions of people who have been led astray. And so it's going to work out regardless of what's going on around me. This pain is very real. It's not made up. It's not to be suppressed because that's how you harden your heart. You are supposed to feel it. You are supposed to learn how to deal with it correctly with God. Let God guide you into how to feel your emotions. There's no revenge. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. There's no get back. Just pray. Pray for them. Pray for the situation. Pray your way out. I know it's easier said than done, but that's that's the advice that I feel that I need right now. So I'm going to give.